Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD, a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny. Welcome back to Rethink Your Rules. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing another life lesson I have learned from parenting. And we're going to title this one, How Becoming a Mom Made Me a Better Doctor. To be honest, there's probably a lot of ways that becoming a mom has made me a better doctor, but specifically, I want to talk about how motherhood gave me a picture, a guide for what it looks like to have unconditional love and compassion for another person and how that has changed the way I look at my patients. So for a bit of background, before I had kids, I was a person who had quite high standards for myself and for other people. I didn't have a lot of self-compassion, and to be honest, I had a hard time having compassion and offering grace to other people. I wanted people to do things that were logical, that made sense. I felt like they should have rewards and you know, for good behavior and consequences for bad behavior. And, And that all really was something that came from the way I was raised. You know, okay, I'll go as I say, you can always like if you want to sit in on my therapy sessions, you can hear all about, you know, the the reasons that I came to this way of approaching the world, but there was just a lot of judgment and perfectionism and high expectations that that was part of that. And it's interesting because I was raised in a very, very religious household. And as I've thought about this more, I think it's kind of fascinating that this Christianity religion, which talks so much about grace and unconditional love, really often on the face of it is spending a lot of time in actually the opposite of that, which would be like judging other people and looking at people's actions and behaviors and thinking that they need consequences for those and accountability. And and the the piece where you have truly unconditional love for someone, even when they are doing things that are not good, that piece is often really missing in the way that we in America practice Christianity and teach it to our kids. So I, I have to be honest, I by the time I was in high school and college and beginning to wonder if I wanted to continue in this religious tradition, one of the reasons I had such a hard time with it was I was I, I, I was like, I don't even understand what grace even is. We talk about it all the time, but I don't I have no picture of what that even looks like. I, I felt like I really had never seen anyone offer anyone grace. It just felt so legalistic and um and so that was, I think, part, I wouldn't have articulated it this well to myself back in my 20s, but I think that was part of why I just didn't really resonate with the faith because it didn't feel authentic to me. It felt like we were talking about grace and unconditional love, but we weren't really practicing it, right? So that's a bit of a tangent, but that's kind of where I was. And so as I started my my training in medicine and became a hospitalist, I I think this did soften up for me a little bit. I, I kind of realized it didn't make a lot of sense to be judging other people's choices quite so much. And I let go of a lot of that, but I did still keep a certain sort of basic personality characteristic or perspective of, you know, high expectations for myself and for others to do things that made sense, that were logical, that were the right choice, right? That were the good choice. And that, and I sort of believe that, you know, if someone was doing something that didn't make sense, that was hurtful or whatever, that, you know, that was a problem. And I didn't look at those people as like, oh, I, you know, they're doing their best, giving them that grace. I was like, this person is, you know, being a jerk or this person is making bad choices. And I was kind of okay with that really sort of harsh judgment and this lack of compassion toward them. And I did it to myself too, right? So I didn't let myself off the hook 
at any point. And I think becoming a physician and, and many of us who are high achievers in these types of STEM careers, you know, um, anything that's in tech or medicine or science, this is further sort of exacerbated because we are so focused on logic and cognition and we stay out of this realm of like the messiness of emotions and personality and mistakes. And we just want to think, you know, and in medicine, we we were like, you shouldn't make mistakes. You know, everything has a cause and you should do the best you can to prevent these bad outcomes, et cetera. Right. So we just, this is really something that while I, I did have a certain amount more of compassion and less judgment by the time that I was, you know, in my early thirties at working as an attending physician, I also still felt pretty justified in judging and feeling um, sort of disconnected, maybe for lack of a better word, from my patients. So if a patient were doing things that were harmful to themselves or to other people, if they were making bad choices, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't ever occur to me to feel truly kind and loving and generous and accepting towards them. It was like, no, this dude is, you know, abusing my staff, trying to manipulate me, you know, like trying to get more, you know, opiates because he's addicted or this patient's family is yelling at me and they have absolutely no reason to yell at me. And, you know, it's not my fault and they shouldn't be treating me this way. And I need to. And so my, my response was like, you know, to sort of be very disconnected and have very rigid boundaries and say, you know, I would possibly even hold a boundary that was appropriate, right? Like you can't speak to me that way, or I can't give you any more of that medication, which may have even been good for them and and protected myself. But I wasn't doing that truly deep down from a place of wanting the best for them and empathizing and connecting with them. I was doing it from a place of like, that doesn't make sense. That's not okay. Like very judgmental underpinnings of that. And I hope that makes sense. And I, you know, it wasn't a terrible problem. It just wasn't actually grounded in true empathy all the time. And and I say all this because I see this now that I've I've experienced parenting my kids, and I'll talk about what that, how that changed this for me. But I, I want to point out, I do see this in the language that we use in medicine a lot. Like it's, and it's human nature, right? Like we jump to judging people. We don't like, you know, some we think to, you know, this person is smoking and doing all these things, and their 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 wound isn't healing, and that's because they're not coming to their appointments, and they're making excuses, and they're, you know, still using drugs, and they left against medical advice, and 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 it's not incorrect that they are causing these problems. And that is frustrating, right? But we are saying those things as if like it's a value judgment on them as a person and that we are sort of better than them. And and our expectation is like, listen, if they would just stop making those bad choices and stop lying and manipulating and like come to all their appointments, like this wouldn't be a problem. So like they're causing this problem. And we spend a lot of, it creates this situation of burnout and frustration, right? Um, so even if it doesn't come across that way to the patient, it just doesn't feel that good to us to be experiencing this when we're trying to interact with our patients. And I think this is particularly true in the hospital-based realm where you're not always picking your patients and a lot of your patients are, you know, at the county hospital, at least where I work, you know, they're they're having a lot of struggles and life experiences that we probably can't even fathom, right? And it's very, they make a lot of choices that don't make a lot of sense to us or that don't seem wise. And we don't choose them, right? So we're kind of like, well, I'm stuck with you and you're stuck with me and fine if you want to leave against medical advice and ruin your life, like whatever. But that doesn't feel great, right? It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just doing a great job of being a doctor right now. And 
someone maybe who works in the outpatient setting can tell me if you have similar experiences there, maybe a little less so because you develop relationships over time and maybe patients self-select to you that, that you align with more. But all of that to say, it can be hard sometimes to truly feel compassion and grace and love for these patients of ours who don't always make the choices that we would make or don't always do things that seem logical or even they do things that are harmful, right? And that's human nature. And I think some of us struggle with it more than others. And I certainly was a person who struggled a lot with that. And it wasn't just my patients. As I mentioned, I had high expectations for everyone, whether it was my husband or friends or whatever. And it was hard for me to let go of those expectations, even in people that I loved and just allow them to be human. So then I had my son and by the time he was around three, well, he was doing a lot of those things that I found really hard to accept in other people. He was very illogical. He was blaming me for things he caused himself. He was getting really upset and making really bad choices and taking it out on everyone else and not taking responsibility, you know, for himself and not learning, you know, he would be explained like the reason for something or you would give him choices and he would reject the reasoning and reject the choices and just do what he wanted. And you would think you were making progress with rewards and consequences. And then he would just stop doing it. And you were like, you know, pulling your hair out, trying to figure out why he wasn't, you know, doing what the book said he should do. He wasn't behaving in this way that kids are supposed to behave. And, you know, of course, you and I both know the end of that story, which is that it turns out he had a lot of neurodiversity. And so he wasn't behaving as much by the book as he might have. But nonetheless, I think even if you don't have a neurodiverse kid, you can relate to this when they're a toddler. You know, they they don't, they're just very emotionally immature, right? So they blame everything outside of them for their emotions and they can't handle their emotions, right? So my favorite example of this being Charlie with his banana one day, he was three and I had this, you know, my daughter was this tiny baby and I was home alone with them and it was just a terrible, stressful day. And he just lost his mind because his banana broke um, and it didn't even fall on the floor. It was still totally edible. Everything was totally fine. And he, I mean, you would have thought that someone was trying to kill him. I mean, it was just, I can't, I wish I could, you could see a video of this, but it was just so out of proportion. And I had just been reading this book about parenting called How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen. And it talked about how in that moment, you can't try to fix what's going on with logic, right? So it wouldn't have worked to say what maybe would have been our knee jerk there, which is like, it's fine. Your banana's fine. You know, come eat it. Or can I get you another banana? Some parents might say, right, depending on your parenting style. Or he might have gotten punished because he was throwing things and and ruining the house and waking up his sister. Like there's a lot of reactions our gut would have to this. But I had just read this book that was like, no, your only job in that moment is to just be empathetic and like acknowledge the emotion that's coming up, even if it makes no sense. Right. And so I paused and I went over to him and I and I actually, in this case, was able to tap into my genuine empathy because I don't, I'm kind of picky about my food. <laughs> I'm kind of high maintenance. And so I, you know, I, I was able to genuinely say, hey, you know, I hate it when my food doesn't come out the way I expect to. And he looked at me and he, the entire interaction changed. Our entire dynamic, his anger, everything, he softened. And he went over and ate the banana <laughs> that was broken. That was kind of the first time where I paused for a minute and just noticed, hmm, like maybe approaching people, not just kids, but everyone with this idea of acknowledging their 
emotions are real and valid, giving them empathy first before going down the logical path of why it doesn't make sense. Maybe that empathy, feelings first, and then pushing off the logic till later is actually going to work better for people, right? And that's actually something that really did change my interactions with my kids. And I've taught to many clients this idea of like feelings first and then the logic later, right? Like let the judgment and, and the logic and all that go into the background and you're just going to have better interactions with people if you can empathize and genuinely respond to their emotional state first because they they want to be validated first, right? And I've talked about that in some other podcasts. But so that was kind of the, the the starting point of this. But then it went a little bit deeper because there were moments over the next few years where, you know, my son would be doing something that was just, you know, extremely, you know, manipulative or lying or, you know, twisting things around or hitting someone and and not learning from his mistakes. And he can say really mean things when he's upset. You know, he got that from me. <laughs> um, and... I remember there was this day where I was like, oh my gosh, he's just so out of line. And I, I actually was thinking like, he's acting like an asshole. <laughs> and I just, I was like, objectively speaking, this is like not okay. I, where does he get off treating his mom like this? You know, those were kind of my thoughts. And I realized that even though I was kind of thinking, gosh, he's really acting like an asshole and this is so not okay and all that. At the same time, so I was thinking all those sort of judgy thoughts about him, Right. I was also filled with this sense of genuine love and compassion for him. I was thinking, man, I just love him and I want the best for him. And I'm genuinely so sorry he's struggling with this. And I I want him to figure this out. I want to help him feel better and succeed and grow. And that was not at all diminished by the fact that I did also objectively think he was being an asshole. <laughs> His behavior was totally not okay. And I was, you know, not wanting to be around someone who was acting like that, right? And not wanting it to be making my day more difficult. But both were just 100% true at the same time. Absolute pure love, compassion, and empathy for him. And this is not okay, and you can't treat me this way, and you're kind of being an ass right now. (laughs) And the fact that I I believed that he was not acting in a way that I wanted to really support or even engage with at that moment didn't change the overarching unconditional love that I had for him as a person, a messy human doing his best. And that was really a light bulb moment for me because I realized that on some level, everyone is a messy human trying their best with the resources that they have, the life experience that they have. And I could make a choice to offer all humans, not just my son, this gift of genuine empathy that their emotions are hard and valid even if they brought them on themselves, even if they don't make sense to me, I could just offer everyone that same gift, right? You're not making sense. You're a messy human. I'm really not okay with it. And I genuinely am sorry this is happening for you. And I genuinely want the best for you. And I want to help you find a way to the best. I just realized that I could choose to offer that mindset and emotional responsiveness to anyone in my life 
no matter how badly they were behaving or how much I disagreed with them or how difficult they were making things for me, I could always choose to channel the same unconditional love and acceptance that I have for my son for that person because I could just see them as a messy human doing their best, making difficult choices, making poor choices perhaps that I didn't agree with. But when I saw them as a messy human doing their best, just like my son, I also had this sense of, I'm so sorry for this pain. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. And I want the best for you. I truly want to help you figure this out if I can, right? It's like with my son. I truly was sorry that he was pissed about his banana and sad about his banana. And I truly thought it didn't make sense and it was totally overblown and whatever, right? Like both were true. And so with my patients, you know, they're upset about something that seems trivial in the hospital because maybe for whatever reason it's going on for them. And so I could be thinking that really isn't a big deal and they're kind of, you know, being annoying or whatever about this and probably they're trying to suck me into their misery. And, you know, I could think all those things I've thought before, but I could also be like, and I'm genuinely sorry that they are feeling frustrated with this, or I'm genuinely sorry that they are stuck here waiting for this test that hasn't happened yet, even though it's not my fault that it hasn't happened yet, or even though the reason it hasn't happened is because of something they did, right? Like they ate some food, so then when they weren't supposed to, so now we couldn't get this test done, so now they're stuck in the hospital for 24 hours, and now they're complaining to me about all the things they hate about being here, right? So there's one response of like, listen, dude, like you ate the food and you messed this up and we told you and, you know, you're trying to, you know, whatever, don't take it out on me. That's one response. But it could also be true that he brought that on himself and I'm still sorry that he is in this difficult situation that he doesn't like of being stuck in the hospital another day. I can I can tap into empathy for his messy human illogical emotional state and I can tap into wanting this to work out for him as much as we can while knowing that you know, it's not okay for him to say, yell at me or blame me for that, right? So hopefully you can see the parallel there. And maybe that makes you think of your own experiences, whether even if you're not a physician, you can think of people you you interact with at work or colleagues or friends. It's not to say that everyone is, you know, childish and it's totally okay to act like a toddler. But I just think that it can be really useful to recognize that all of us have moments where we are messy humans, especially when we're under stress or we're sick, right? And some of our actions do kind of look like an illogical, volatile toddler in that moment. And that's okay. We all do it, ourselves included. And we can offer people grace and compassion for that rather than just judging them for that. And I have to be honest, I think about this all the time. I'm not sure I would ever have really had a blueprint for how to love someone unconditionally until I had my kid. And I, in some ways, I'm grateful that he was maybe a more challenging or oppositional kid at these younger ages because I was able to work through this more early, earlier in his life. I think I have friends who their kids get to the teen years and that's the first time that they really have to wrestle with this sense of like, I love you and also you're being an asshole to me. But I got to learn it early and I think my patients have really benefited from that too because I've been able to slow down and show true empathy and responsiveness and create true connection. And when I do that, not only does that feel better to them, but then when they feel better and they feel safer, then they are 
able to make fewer bad choices, right? Because they're less in this extreme fight or flight or defensiveness mode. So I think they really benefit from both feeling better, but also gives them the best chance of solving and sharing about what issues are really underlying all this so that we can help them have their best possible outcome. And it's also a gift to me because as I'm creating that true connection and empathy with them, I feel a lot less emotionally exhausted and burned out. And then when I do need to talk about a boundary or holding someone accountable or tell them something they don't want to hear that I truly believe is in their best interest or is the safety boundary that I need or my staff needs, whatever the case, when I'm doing that, I'm now doing it from a calmer, more centered, less exhausted place. I don't feel as sort of urgent and irritated about it. And it becomes a lot less difficult for me to do it and a lot less draining. So hopefully this will inspire you this week to think about a relationship where maybe you could offer someone a little bit more grace and unconditional love and empathy, even though you're not okay with the actions that person is taking, could you tap into this spirit of, I love them and I want the best for them and I recognize they're just a messy human and I can I can feel bad for how they are feeling and what they're going through, even if I don't think it all makes sense. Like, See where you could offer that, whether it's with patients or other family members or friends. And I did want to point out, you know, that this has just been my experience where it was easier for me to tap into this idea with my kid, but not all parents find it easy to offer this type of unconditional love to their kids. And not all of us have had parents where we felt that they offered us that unconditional love. And so if that is you, in either case, whether you're struggling to offer your kid the unconditional love or you're struggling because you don't feel like you were offered that from your parents, I just want to let you know that that's a very normal human experience. And, you know, as I said at the beginning, it comes from a lot of these cultural messages that we've received or from religion. And so we're all doing our best and it makes sense that we might have approached things in that way with the background that we've had and the lessons we've been taught and the way we were raised. And now that we are aware of that, we get to choose if we want to look at it a little bit differently and be a cycle breaker and offer our children something different. And that doesn't mean that it's easy, but it is definitely possible. And in my opinion, it's some of the best, most rewarding work I've done as a human being and as a mom. And with that, I think I will wrap up Don't forget, we do have the podcast contest ongoing now through May 30th, 2023. I will put the details in the show notes once again, but if you subscribe, leave a review, and share the podcast, you will get an entry into my drawing for a bunch of cool prizes, including one-on-one coaching packages and some of my favorite books to be given away and an Amazon gift card. So please help us out sharing this message so we can reach more women. And as always, if you want to apply any of these concepts or explore them more with me, you can set up a free consult call. That link is also in the show notes. And I am still looking for a couple of people who want to work on this with me privately over the summer and then join us on our retreat this fall. It's going to be amazing, but I do want everyone who's there to have worked on this stuff with me for a few months before we go so that we can really take it to the next level there together as we are away from everything and just having the ultimate girls weekend. So reach out to me ASAP if you want to get started. And with that, I hope you have an amazing week. 
Thanks for listening to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at jennyhobbsmd.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.